Blog Talk Radio. of an empire, and you rely on the slavery of your people to keep you rich and powerful, but you see your people waking up and starting to show dissent, what would you do if you wanted to stay in power? You would sure hope that they forget about it. You would want to distract them, or even better, turn them against each other so that they forget about their original cause. The mainstream media, which we all know is in the business of maintaining the status quo, is doing a great job at doing just that. Advanced, progressive, urban, political talk radio. Politicians who are characterized more and more by legalized bribery and normalized corruption vis-a-vis that big money. By a corporate media that ensures that it's a culture of superficial spectacle but no serious public debate and public conversation for the issues that really matter for the future of the nation, but especially the future of the vast majority of the nation who are working class and poor. Or a serious discussion about drones that drop bombs on innocent peoples. Or increasing police powers that allow persons, Americans, to be assassinated without due process or judicial review. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? This is The Alpha Show. Advanced. Progressive Urban Political Talk Radio on TruthWorks Network. There is but one rule. Hunt or be hunted. But one thing you can't deny. These people are sabotaging this economy. And people are sabotaging this country. This is awful. Hosting the best of pushback talk radio. And now, the man who's got their number. Alpha. Oh, good evening, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Alpha Show. Here at Truth Works Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Well, well, well. Where are we here? It's a little cold. Got warmer. Now it's cold again. Uh... I don't know what to say about it or how to say it about it. Or, um, I guess I can sum it up. I wrote a letter 
I wrote a letter. Dear Winter, I'm breaking up with you. I think it's time to start seeing other seasons. Summer is hotter than you. <laughs> I saw that, and it was just, it hit a spot. It hit a nerve. All I can say is die, winter, die. As I would think that the areas such as North Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, who've been getting kind of beat up, they're getting the Chicago weather treatment with a foot plus of snow. Some parts of the south in Alabama and Georgia, they seem to have been getting their fair share, although a bad snowstorm is an inch or more for those southern states. And I saw in the news one of these places that I speak of had one plow, one truck to plow and spray itself from a whole municipality. To me, that was just not just unsightly. It was just I couldn't believe it, but uh, there you have it. There you have it. I officially wrote that Dear John letter, and I'm breaking up with winter. It's time for summer. 914-338-1610 is the number I can be reached. If you have a disagreement, if you have a, a different slant, a different take, or if you just feel like you want to talk, Feel free, 914-338-1610. Before I get down to it, before I get around to these subjects, let me say this. For all you fight fans out there, I know. There aren't too many of you fight fans, but I am a huge fan of cage fighting. Yes, that's right. The Bob Berry, the inexplicable willingness of human beings to enter a octagon-shaped ring and beat the cod liver out of each other for fame and fortune. <laughs> it was a big fight last Saturday, I believe it was. And I have to say, it was so interesting because these were the women fighting. And for those of you who are not familiar, the phenom in the women's division, she's like, I mean, this this girl is like unbelievable. She is just, she's unbelievable. Now she's well, entering the fight, she's 11-0. and 0. But 11-0 and 0 is, you know, she's kind of a young newcomer. If this girl is 11-0, and 0, and when she was 9-0, she was 9-0, and 0 and she had all victories by what is called an armbar submission. She had nine victories, nine armbar submissions. No one seemed to be able to avoid her arm bars. You know, there are 
rear naked chokes, Doris chokes. There are leg locks, heel hooks. There are all types of submissions. There are triangle chokes. And that's done from the bottom, where you choke an opponent out by scissoring your legs, not scissoring, hooking your legs around their head and, and basically cutting off their oxygen. Well, anyway, Saturday was this big fight. The champion, Rowdy Ronda Rousey, was fighting Cat Zigano. Kat Zigano was 9-0. and She had more muscles than I could only dream of. She seemed to be bigger. She seemed to be thicker. She seemed to be stronger. And so it played out that uh, everybody was going, I don't know. She might beat her. She might beat Rhonda. And people flocked with their 50 bucks on yesterday is 44, whatever the hell pay-per-view is. I, I, I don't pay it. People ran to the pay-per-view sites with their money to see this fight. And, you know, they have preliminary fights that they televise for free. And then they have a four or five fight card for the main events. Ronda Rousey beat this big challenger, this this so-called serious threat, the biggest threat. She beat her in 14 seconds. With an armbar. And I just thought that that was uh, worthy, worth mentioning to all the fight fans out there because, uh, like I said, I have a passion for that type of sporting events. I love boxing. I can't stand the WWE wrestling, fake uh, soap opera crap that goes for a sport. But enough of that. Let me get into the politics. Here in Chicago, we have a runoff. Chewy Garcia is forced Ron Emanuel into a runoff. The mayor, Ron Emanuel, former White House um, chief of staff for Barack Obama. And for all of those progressives who have piqued Rahm Emanuel's whole card. He's not a progressive. He's a conservative. He's a blue dog conservative. Just like the president. Not a true progressive, but Rahm Emanuel came and swooped down into Chicago after he left the job with the president and became mayor of the city of Chicago. His Chris Christie-like confrontational approach, he has alienated teachers' unions. He's alienated public school supporters by closing 50 public schools as charter schools waited in the wings to open and steal public financing. You see, as always, another case of feeding at the trough of tax 
taxpayer money. So, the first time a mayor of Chicago has been placed into a runoff situation, whereas every mayor prior to this mayor has won hands down in the primary. Had challenges, but walked on them big time, big time. So this runoff is a big deal. This runoff is a huge deal. Because Chuy Garcia was an ally of the late Mayor Harold Washington. So it seems to resonate in the African-American community. The same community that Emmanuel pissed off by closing these schools, 50 schools predominantly in black communities, and simply not giving a damn. He operates just like a Republican would. And I had, um, I was optimistic that uh, Rahm Emanuel has been forced into a runoff until here recently. When I read that the governor, the newly elected governor, Bruce Rauner, already attacking the unions, attacking the public pension funds. They've got him in court for his executive order. He's already wiped out an executive order on raising the minimum wage. I mean, for me, the, you had, he simply came in, Bruce Rauner, he came in to Chicago and cherry-picked him a couple of pastors, black pastors. And basically, for a better, lack of a better word, loaded their pockets with promises. Uh, and when I say black pastors, I mean prominent pastors. Uh, Meeks, Reverend Meeks, and uh, I don't even know the other guy's name, the pastor... Bishop, I believe it was, or something to that effect. Here's the backstory on how and why Rauner came in and attacked the base of Patrick Quinn, the former governor. There are 102 counties in the state of Illinois. Patrick Quinn won two of the one hundred he lost one hundred counties in Illinois and he became governor. Yeah, you heard it right. He lost one hundred out of hundred and two counties in the state of Illinois and Pat Clinton was elected governor. Because the county of Cook and an out a county on the just the outskirts streets of Cook County carry heavily. So what Rauner did was he attacked the base, and he attacked the base by buying up a few pastors. Meeks has been appointed to a Rauner uh, post in his administration, and now I come to find out that one of the mayoral uh, Candidates, Willie Wilson, who might, I might add, spent 
$2 million of his own money. So he is a very well-to-do millionaire. Uh, and the stitch of money sticks together is in the air. On election night, the vote totals. Emmanuel led Chewy Garcia by maybe 51,000 votes. However, he only was able to reach 45%. The third, fourth, and fifth place runner-ups amassed something like 95,000 votes. So there you have 55% of the people in the city who voted did not vote for Ron Emanuel. So what happened? Bruce Rauner, who publicly said, well, he's going to remain neutral. He's going to stay out of this. But behind the scenes, Willie Wilson holds a position on his uh, on his uh, or you call it transition team. He appointed Willie Wilson to his transition team, and now he's made a couple of phone calls to Willie Wilson to back Rahm Emanuel. And first I thought uh, Chewy Garcia may have a chance to unseat Rahm Emanuel, but um, Willie Wilson was the third-place vote-getter. And now I don't know. Because I'm sure Willie Wilson will toe the line of, of the master and endorse Rahm Emanuel. Now, maybe some of his supporters will break with him, but it gives me pause. It gives me pause for what's going to happen in this mayoral race. I really believe with that, um, Chile may be meat, dead meat. But um, April 7th is Election Day, so hopefully uh, we can siphon off enough votes from the Wilson campaign, the Wilson supporters, to Chewy Garcia. However, Chewy Garcia, even though he is, I don't think he's naive by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, here's the problem. It's the report from The Guardian. Guardian is an English, a UK-based uh, publication that has exposed a blockbuster story about a black site here in the center of the city of Chicago that was holding... Detaining people and denying them lawyers, uh, and according some of the uh, people who have been detained in this old Sears building have come forward and told about the conditions that have the stench of black sites of torture. And these people are telling their stories, and 
it, there seems to be a a concerted effort of the Chicago papers who have basically gotten their lunch eating eaten by the Guardian who didn't break the story, but a paper from the United Kingdom came into the heart of Chicago and broke the story about this black site. And it has it seems to have um, a chilling effect on Chicagoans. And I'm simply saying this. Chewy Garcia is a fool. If he doesn't take this story, take this black site, and tie it around the neck of Rahm Emanuel. Tie it around the neck of Rahm Emanuel and tie around the neck the newly elected anti-union, anti-middle class, anti-teacher, anti-public pension governor, Ruth Rauner. Chewy Garcia can win and become mayor of the city of Chicago. It would be a huge, huge upset. But he can win. But he must tie this black site around the neck of Rahm Emanuel, for it has been there for 15 years. And it says a, it speaks volumes to the press here in Chicago. It speaks volumes to investigative reporting by any television station to have this right under their nose. The Guardian investigative reporter Spencer Ackerman has sparked the firestorm with a series of reports exposing a secret site in the heart of the city of Chicago's predominantly African-American west side. It's on the west side of Chicago. And for those of you who aren't familiar, the west side is... It's kind of like the uh, Baghdad or Turkuk in Iraq. It's kind of like the war zone along with the south side. It is where the poorest uh, reside. It's, 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 it's a nightmare. If you're a police officer, if you're assigned, you're going to be a real busy person on the west side. And the South Side people who live on the South Side and the West Side people have a running joke of which is the baddest communities as far as to reside in. But this site has been there for 15 years. Ackerman reports that black and brown suspects and witnesses as well as white activists have been taken by police to the abandoned Sears and Roebuck's complex known as Holman Square, and subjected to abuse. The victims described various uh, techniques of being denied contact with their lawyers or families for up to three days, being shackled hand and foot, and being subjected to starvation, sweltering heat, sensory deprivation, and beatings. Now, if you come forward and you haven't experienced this, and in one of these uh, situations, at least one detainee, John Hubbard, who was 44 years old, he died in an interview room. Now, after the Guardian 
article appeared, the Cook County said the death was due to heroin intoxication. And with these bodies being buried, like I said, it's been there for 15 years. They basically shored that up. But the silence is not only deafening, it's telling. Because this particular site should be, there should be a swarm of reporters all over this site demanding questions be answered. Chewy Garcia should be running ads and hanging this around Rahm Emanuel's neck as to how and why this site exists on his watch. The initial Guardian expose prompted calls for an investigation from two former high-level Justice Department officials, uh, Yeomans and Magentos, and several progressive Chicago politicians, including one, Luis Gutierrez. Luis Gutierrez, former alderman, and now he's a congressman, who is rabid, foaming at the mouth rabid about immigration reform, and despite all of the evidence that the Republicans have blocked it, he comes on and with vitriolic language, says that the president isn't doing enough. Even though he knows it's the Republicans who are blocking it. And oh, by the way, uh, Luis Gutierrez, when Rahm Emanuel first ran for the mayor, Gutierrez was staunchly against him. And now all of a sudden, Louis Gutierrez is right up there at the podium on the primary night, cheering his Hispanic brother in arm to support Rahm Emanuel over Chewy Garcia. You know, the <laughs> it's as my friend used to say, who you with? Bernie Mac used to say, who you with? Uh, he is, uh, Luis Gutierrez has been um, identified, who has been a conspicuous supporter of Chicago's mayor, Rahm Emanuel. The city attempted to give the growing scandal the back of the hand. Emanuel stated that the allegations were not true. Now, he is Rahm. Emmanuel saying that uh, the allegations aren't true every day. It's like a drip, 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 and you have people coming forward saying, they held me in this site. They did this, they did that, and it's growing, and it's uh, it's worthy of uh, a major scandal. Shooting in the house now, huh? <laughs> it's worthy of a major scandal. And uh, I don't know if Chewy Garcia has the courage to hang this around the mayor's neck to pave the path to the fifth floor at City Hall. The Sun Times has been devastated with um, the loss 
of many of their uh, investigative journalists over the years. You see newspapers here in Chicago, like the Tribune and Sun-Times, are no strangers to cut back, cut back the journalistic investigations, investigators, and you can very easily hide it. And that is symptomatic to what we are experiencing, not just on every local level in every small city, but at the major levels of this country. The quieting of media, journalists, people who may expose what's happening to the middle class of this country. But uh, this particular story exhibits uh, only the strange, hidden in plain sight nature of home and square. Press and lawyers were sometimes allowed in, but the interrogations and brutality were never reported. <laughs> How is this possible? It's possible because the lawyers and the press are suffering from cervical syndrome. It's that you don't cross us or you'll be sorry. It's the threat. It's the threat of a hunter, of a government that is vindictive and will hit back. It's the Bush administration-like government that says, we will deny you access if you don't toe the line on reporting. That's how uh, a publication from overseas broke a story right under the nose, our so-called press. Young African-American men described being grilled about guns and gangs for days. This time, the alleged practices including handcuff both wrists in a way that, according to the victim, felt like being crucified and stomping on another victim's groin. Ow. The textbook definition of this particular site is is just that. Denying that this site is what it is in the face of witnesses coming forward and describing the inhumane, degrading treatment and or punishment, which has been adopted with reservations by the United States, defines torture as follows. Any act by which severe pain or suffering, whether physical or mental, is intentionally inflicted on a person for such purposes as to attain from him or a third person information or a confession, Punishing him for an act he or a third person has committed or is suspected of having committed or intimidating or coercing him or a third person for any reason based on discrimination of any kind. And this is evidence. You've got black and Hispanic people coming forward, basically blowing the whistle, blowing the whistle. And that's how Chewy Garcia can become mayor of the city of Chicago by hanging this story around the neck of Rahm Emanuel. And not only hanging this story around the neck of Rahm Emanuel, but John Burge. Put the 
ad, campaign ad out with John Burge and Rahm Emanuel side by face by face and asked if the bird ever returned. Has Rahm Emanuel overseen the John Burge? Is he the new John Burge? This is not rocket science because of the shoe on the other foot. I'm damn sure that Rahm Emanuel would be attacking him mercilessly. So there is a there is a let me see there is a technique of campaigning that needs to be followed by Chewy Garcia if he wants to be the next mayor of the city of Chicago because Rahm Emanuel is out there to be had. And I fear that if they don't get him now, they will never get him. They will never get him. And it just seems to me to be a a let's get him now moment. And the only thing I can do about the April 7th election is to go out and vote against Rahm Emanuel and just sit back opportunity here. Will it be seized? Who knows? Only time will tell. That in and of itself for me is the way I see it. I also have a, a another story and it's about the threat to the Affordable Care Act that is before the Supreme Court. And I was not surprised by the the threat that's behind it. It's the 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 people who are plaintiffs in the King versus Burrell, I think it's called. The people who are plaintiffs are inconsequential. They are nothing more than proxies. This is about the seeds that are thirty years ago. 35 years ago. This is a culmination of the long game that Republicans have played. And they've played on a unsuspecting, naive progressive movement. And all the while, for the last 30 years, they've demonized and vilified the words liberals the words progressives, far-left radicals. And they simply say it over and over and over and over and over and over until it catches on. And it has caught on the same way they've destroyed affirmative action 
the same way they use the race card as a pejorative. The technique is Nazi propaganda. And this is how Nazi propaganda works. This is how propaganda works. And if the American people aren't exposed more than to what's actually happening, we're in for a long, long ride. A long ride. And that in and of for me, that in and of itself is a huge huge story because this new governor we have is basically picking up the Republican libertarian playbook. And like I said, um, he's declaring himself neutral. He's not going to endorse anyone, but like I said, behind the scenes, he's made the phone call. Michael Sneed of the Chicago Sun-Times is reporting that Republican governor, Bruce Rauner, who wants to drive down wages, bus unions in Illinois, is actively supporting Rahm Emanuel. Specifically, Rauner has made at least two phone calls to Willie Wilson, who got third place in the first round of the mayoral race, and as a result, did not make the runoff. In an attempt to convince Wilson to support Rauner in the last year's election, gubernatorial election, he supported, Wilson supported Rauner in the last election and was a member of Rauner's post-election transition team to publicly endorse Rauner. So he's made these two phone calls to Willie Wilson. And within a week or so, next week sometime, I submit to you that Willie Wilson will come out and give his full-throated support behind Mayor Rahm Emanuel, the incumbent. And it's going to be interesting. And if Chuy Garcia wants to be mayor, he'll hang this black site around the neck of Rahm Emanuel. You see, Rahm Emanuel is about union busted, too. Rahm Emanuel is about destroying public education, stealing retirees' pensions, and that's where we are. And that's exactly where we are. We have to weed this out, especially this particular piece on uh, the people who are really behind the destruction, the attempted takedown of the Affordable Care Act. And let me say this. There are going to be at least 8 million to 10 million people who will lose their health care coverage. And you hear many people speak about death spirals, and that's exactly what's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you my opinion of exactly what's going to happen. This is exactly what's going to happen. And that's and that's how that seems to be 
how uh, it's going to happen. Someone was trying to contact me. And I laugh. It's someone who should know better once again. Someone who should know better. But uh, I think it's going to go down like this. I think the Supreme Court is going to gut the Affordable Care Act, leaving 10 to 8 to 10 million people without health care. And they're going to kick it over to Congress to fix. This is five words. This is five words that they're debating here. This case should have never come before the Supreme Court. This case should have never moved forward in a court because these four plaintiffs do not have standing. And that's one of the things that Ruth Bader Ginsburg pointed out, that these four plaintiffs did not have standing. But nevertheless, it's moving forward anyway. To me, this is all about the politics. Remember what else they threw to Congress, the Voting Rights Act. It hasn't been fixed yet. It'll be a political hostage taker. If you want voting rights, do this. If you, This is a and I call it a problem because this has been allowed to fester. This is why Democrats don't win in off-year elections. They've been manipulated, and they've seized, they've basically seized the country. They've literally seized the nation, and this is what we should be worried about. This is what we should be worried about because they have control even Wisconsin is going to right to work. And this is, they have uh, Governor Walker saying that he's not interested and he's not looking to take Wisconsin to a right to work state. Well, guess what? He won re-election and the first thing they did was push through with their majority and the legislative body in Wisconsin They've pushed through right-to-work amendments, and they're poised. He's poised to sign this legislation next week, destroying another union-based state, all because the money has allowed this. This man is a canard. He is a fraud, but he's a canard and a fraud with money, and therefore he's dangerous. And therefore, he's winning. And there you have it. And that's where we are. And uh, as usual, I got to take a break.
Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real, raw, right now. If it's real, raw, right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. Join my friend and colleague on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday night at 9 p.m., the I Declare Show with India Declare. Are you breathing oxygen in? Are you raising the energy up? Or are you bringing the energy down? There's no middle ground. It's your real, raw, and right now talk radio. I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m., Blog Talk Radio. I Declare It. Dealing with the difficult, real, raw, right now. The I Declare Show, baby. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Is it time for you to upgrade your talk? Our Common Ground, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Empowering Black America to achieve itself. Our Common Ground, where friends come to meet comrades. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening Each Saturday, 10 p.m., Our Common Ground, powering up on Black Thought. TruthWorks Network is the university on the air at Blog Talk Radio. We know what to do with radio. TruthWorks Network. I am Chauncey DeVega. You may recognize my voice from Ring of Fire Radio with Mike Papantonio, the BBC, Sirius XM, or the Tom Hartman Radio Show. And you may have read some of my essays at places like Salon and Alternet. The Chauncey DeVega Show at TruthWorks Network, Mondays, 8 p.m. Um, in the 1970s, over the issue of abortion and before that, prayer in schools, and then integration and segregation and people wanting white schools and homeschooling, in terms of the Southern strategy of the Republican Party of trying to pry loose Democrats who were also racists and get them to vote race and be Republicans. The Chauncey DeVega Show at TruthWorks Network, Mondays, 8 p.m. The Chauncey DeVega Show premieres at TruthWorks Network, February 23rd, 8 p.m. In his premiere episode at TruthWorks Network, Chauncey talks with author... Frank Schaefer. The Chauncey to Vegas Show. Uh, welcome back. Chauncey to Vegas. Uh, as you heard, he started on the 23rd, so you missed two weeks. 
Where are you, people? Mondays. On Monday. Uh, Chauncey the Vega. On Truth Works Network. It's, we've added him to the lineup of uh, alternative broadcasting. New episodes of the Chauncey the Vega show will broadcast each Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Black Voice Collaborative and available on demand beginning Monday, the 23rd of February. Listening online on your smart device, TruthWorks, I'm sorry, Truth Studios. Uh, on Blog Talk, TruthWorks, our Chauncey Vegas show is an official podcast, so you can't call in. There is a, it's a re-airing from his uh, website. We are respectable Negroes. The format is simple. Chauncey Vega show is a relaxed conversation with smart and interesting guests from backgrounds as varied as artists and letters, cultural workers, and musicians, social scientists, and other academics, journalists, as well as Hollywood actors and directors. Chauncey DeVega is a race man in progress. Black pragmatist. Ghetto nerd. Cultural critic. He is the editor and founder of Cerebral Informed and Sometimes Funny But Not Just Funny. Always insightful blog. We are respectable Negroes. So join us. We've heard Chauncey DeVega on BBC, Ring of Fire, the hit show, show, Make It Plain, Joshua Hollins, Alternate Radio, Tom Hartman Radio Show, Bert Cohen, Our Common Ground with Dennis Graham, and has appeared on the RT Network and Free Speech TV. So, on Mondays, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. It's the Chauncey Vega Show here at TruthWorks Network. Now, as a as a program note, Saturday. That's tomorrow, March 7th, will be the return of our common ground with Host Janice Graham. Uh, I'm glad to see that Janice is feeling better, but uh, I will confirm whether or not she's feeling better later when I speak with her because if she's trying to come back too soon, we won't have her. I may have to do a show for her. But uh, tomorrow night, our common ground, host Janice Graham, the Department of Justice report with Dr. James Lance Taylor, past president of the National Conference of Black Political Science, author of Black Nationalism in the United States from Malcolm X to Barack Obama. So join Janice Graham tomorrow evening to welcome Dr. James Lance Taylor, will be her guest. Like I said, I haven't spoken with Janice. She's kicked me under the bus for the week. 
and uh, I will decipher whether or not she's feeling better, good enough to go on air. If not, I will have to see some type of, am I the vice president or something of this network? I don't know. I'm just told what to do by her. She's such a dictator. She rules with an iron fist. I would have to say she kicked me in the shin the other night. Because that has to be a long kick. She's in Boston. <laughs> She's in Boston. So join Janice Graham tomorrow night, our common ground, 10 o'clock Eastern time. And not to forget, let's not forget, Tuesday nights, people, join India Declare, the I Declare show at TruthWorks Network. I believe it's 9 o'clock Eastern Time here at Blog Talk Radio. It's the I Declare show, the real raw and right now of the I Declare show. Um, the, the department, the report from the Department of Justice, Eric Holder, you know, <laughs> let me put it like this. Let me put it the only way I know. When a punk is trying to talk tough, he gets exposed. He gets exposed. And Eric Holder, it's hard to say. I know a punk when I see a punk. And the only reason I characterize him as that is because he didn't prosecute them damn bankers. He didn't prosecute them damn war criminals because this blue dog president, Barack Obama, and don't get me wrong, I voted for him twice. I voted for him twice and hoped that he could possibly be some kind of, uh, how should I say, uh, hope for a progressive agenda, but I would just have to say exactly. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, we shall see. Eric Holder and the Department of Justice report after allowing the murder of Mike Brown to walk free to exonerate him, even in the face of Witness 40 and the sham, just the sham of a grand jury hearing that would have brought a trial to the murderer of Mike Brown. Darren Wilson will walk free. Somehow, someway, I feel that street justice can't be far behind. But I felt the same about George Zimmerman, too. So as the world turns, keep looking over your shoulder, pal. Keep looking over your shoulder. It should be very interesting. So, this Department of Justice 
report. Notice something about this report. And that was Wednesday, I believe. It was Wednesday, Eric Coder came out, went before the cameras, read this from a prepared statement and read about the, basically excoriated the Ferguson Police Department for the racial profiling, for the violation of their oath of office. The entire Ferguson Police Department should be disbanded simply because of what the Department of Justice found. This is the problem. When you find this type of behavior, there's only a slap on the wrist. And after the Eric Holder read the searing report, the mayor of Ferguson came out and told us that three people were in because of racist emails. That's the obvious. That's that's like um, catching the low-hanging fruit as it falls. That's the easy stuff. What about the people who oversaw the profiling? What about the people who oversaw the racist emails? You know, these emails, the thing about this report that the majority of it, if not all of it, were from the Ferguson files themselves. This was incriminating evidence that Ferguson had compiled against themselves. The second highest revenue raiser in the for the county, and it raised over two point three million dollars. Well, the signs that and the tickets, the revenue being raised was from the African-American community. They were sicking dogs only on black people, 14 dog bites, all black folks. You mean ain't no white folks then? Just damn. When we find racism, when we have someone in government, the Department of Justice has found this to be an utter violation a systemic problem throughout the department. Racial profiling, the whole nine yards. And it, it it sickens me. It sickens me to no end that every damn thing is about to happen because as the mayor said, we are working on it. What the hell are you working on? The investigation is over. The investigation is complete. You are guilty. Just damn. How is it that we always end up in this position where we have these these hesitation committee, I call it, with people who are in power. Do something. And Ferguson is not an isolated incident. This is going around the entire nation. This is nationwide. The number of black unarmed people who've been murdered by the police. The have you seen the video? This is what happens when you call the cops. YouTube it. Go to YouTube. 
This is what happens when you call the cops. Just type it in. And the video comes up. And it's a damning video of police misbehavior. And as they kill unarmed person, as they kill women, as they brutalize and violate the rights of the American people, there's no news organization that champions the cause of police overreach, police brutality. And then when someone says something about it because he is a black president and a black attorney general, he's anti-police. That is the same playbook that they read from. The same, Obama's going to take your guns when all he's trying to do is get a background check. We will never get our messaging together because we are too, we have a fidelity. We are, we have the idolatry of civility. We want to be too nice with these people. We won't realize we're in a war because everybody wants to play nice. You don't see it coming because it's right there. You don't see it coming because the forest and the trees are in the way. And when I say it's you don't see it coming, you don't see it coming. There's a great deal that we as progressives slash liberals haven't seen coming. I was listening to a a radio program, and that radio program was advocating not identifying yourself as liberals. And if that's the case, they've won, because then they will have retired who you are, and define what you are. Radio hosts were saying, don't give them the ammunition, feeding the fact that they have demonized and vilified liberals, progressives, telling us we, we shouldn't stand for who we are. We should accept the framing of who we are. And I happen to disagree with him, but I did not call him and say so. But I'll see him. I will visit him with a call soon enough to push back on it. You know, sometimes with all of the confusion going around and and all of that, you you get to a point where you get burnt out. Nine one four three three eight one six one zero is the number that you can reach me, but I get burned out. I get burned out because it doesn't appear that the people who I side with are listening. Why is it that the Hillary Clinton emails have filled up a week of frontline, top-of-the-story news on every channel you turn to, 
but Petraeus has confessed to sharing classified information with his mistress. And he's getting no jail time. Wow. What's the gentleman's name that's in prison that has turned, uh, turned, um, switched his gender? I can't even think of his name. It, it 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 gets to a point where you ask yourself, why is one thing uh, newsworthy and it's BS, it's bull? <laughs> Manly doesn't seem to be an appropriate last name for this individual. However, what's he going by now, Christina? Tawana, Shanquisha, Shanika, what's he going by? Well, he used to be Bradley Manning. And he told me, blew the whistle on our government with classified information, and he'll do life in prison. And the much heralded. General Petraeus is going to get probation for sharing classified information with his mistress. And now Hillary Clinton is front page, beat her down for her email fiasco, which they can only speculate. Well, we don't know. That's what I heard mostly. We don't know what they said. We don't know what she did. We don't know. But what we do know is those critics such as Scott Walker, who used private email to conduct public business and has had six people around him. How is it that the person across the hall, whose office is across the hall from Scott Walker, does jail time? And Scott Walker didn't know a damn thing about it. He is still the topic of the John Doe investigation there in Wisconsin. And if these these investigations have been going on for a long time, for this John Doe investigation has been going on for years. The incompetence of a prosecuting attorney, unless the case is about a black man or unless the case is about some rapper who posted a gang sign on Facebook and is looking at life in prison because some twisted prosecutor wants to say he uh, profited from gang activity. Just ridiculous, bold. This is the this is the triple play excrement. This is Bovan, Equine, and Canine excrement. This is bull, horse, and dog shit. Period. I, I can't. I will not put a suit on it. How is it that certain prosecutions are just that? A prosecutor who is willing to do his job. You have prosecutors out here who are not willing to do their job because they are fearful of criticism. Because they remain in a 
situation in a scenario where you can't tell the truth or prosecute people because of who they are. Dinesh D'Souza, convicted, admitted felon for campaign fund manipulation, gets probation. How does he get probation? Why isn't he occupying a cell? And I, I'll say that <clears throat> I'll say that to say this. I am a big fan of a particular television program. And I watch this program because it's the other side of a criminal entity in this nation that gets the affluenza treatment. The name of the program is called American Greed. And I've got it on whenever it comes on taping. And I simply watch it. And I watch it and watch it. And the movie uh, Wolf of Wall Street. And I've not watched the movie. I understand what the movie is about. But the Wolf of Wall Street. The real-life Wolf of Wall Street is a despicable, lying piece of shit. The Wolf of Wall Street built over 1,500 people out of over $500 million. And he's been ordered to repay. His restitution is $110 million. He was sentenced to four, count them, four years in jail, of which he only did 22 months. How is that fair? How is that fair? You destroy the finances and the lives of over a 1,000 people. by stealing their investment money. And just living it up, living how and how. The restitution, he's already paid over, I believe it's $12 million back. And no, he's only paid $11 million back. $10 million was paid in forfeitures and seizures of his homes, his boats, his cars, his jewelry. That's where 10 million came. Now this man has gotten out of jail. And now he's reaping the profits of the movie, The Wolf of Wall Street. He's a motivational speaker now. And yet he still owes 90 something million in restitution. And somehow the government seems to be impotent. In claiming the judgment that he's been assessed with. And he's got lawyers fighting the government. Why the hell is there a court fight on this? How the hell is there any fight on this? And why isn't he re-jailed? Why didn't they lock him up for not living up to the sentence, the agreement? It gets to a point where you have to continue to ask yourself, who in the hell and what in the hell are we doing when it comes to enforcement? 
And I haven't forgotten about those people behind the Supreme Court. And I have to get to those right away, but first, 914-338-1610. Let me take this quick call, and like I said, I'll have to get to the, I want to get to this story, so I'm going to be brief here. 954, welcome to Valfour Show. Thank you for calling TruthWorks Network. Aloha, Brother Sensei. Uh, I don't know how quick I'm going to be, but let's entertain this thing about restitution and reparations versus um, white privilege and capitalism versus what the Black Panthers for social justice among us in this country. Even the Guardian Angels in New York came out in the best interest in the beginning, you know, about taking care of business among the streets and dealing with the police. When you look at stuff like this, uh, Lackawanna, Rosewood, Greenwood, Idlewild, you know, what needs to be done, and you mentioned it, street justice will prevail in this case because now you got a lot of these cowardly cops that we help get into the police departments across the United States are going to start standing up. I don't know how in the hell they could sit there and watch people beat well, where they have done for decades. It's yeah, called but the it's, yeah, they tried to kill Saul. Yeah, they even tried to murder him, man. But the thing is, well, you know, restitution and recreation. Well, I'm glad yeah. some of them now are starting to stand up, and we, we, we should back them. You know, but street well, justice is like, well, here's the Come other thing. Every, every one of them that has stood up has had to resign. I mean, there are like four or five of them who stood up and filed complaints and did the whole nine yards the way they were supposed to. They have been run out of the out of their jobs. Yeah, but they see, this run is what out of their jobs. White boys will pull this number after they piss somebody off and and and, and burn some bridges. Now they want to expose everything and go on this talk circuit. Negroes try that same stupid game, but by that time it's too late, and you're not going to get the same result as being white privileged. You know, this cat, Tim Wise, I hear how people do talk against the guy, and I really listen to this cat, man. You know, he, uh, not that he's our savior or for but the guy is on point, but we've always knew this, where it came from our own Marcus, Malcolm, Elijah, Daddy Grace, Father Divine, whoever, man. We, we've always known this kind of stuff. So now white boys can get restitution. I got to go see this movie, Wolf of Wall Street. That's that's that DiCaprio kid, right? Um, uh, yeah, DiCaprio. Uh, I, yeah. Just, I just watched this last night. The real, the guy who, the, the guy who the movie is about is such a, mm. such a uh, seedy, it just just a dark, dirty person, and I say that you you can see the Wolf of Wall Street, but if you can, if you got any access to uh, uh, American Greed, this particular this was I, this this episode was just to me it was just chilling because like I said, this man took five hundred million dollars from fifteen hundred people. And he got four years in jail, of which he did 22 months. Then he Brother, turned around, got a movie, 
and now he's a motivational speaker, and he's like never missed a beat. And I'm sure he has money in the Swiss bank accounts. Of course he does. I used to watch American Greed and Locked Up Abroad. Those were my two favorite shows to watch, man, because if that didn't wake you up, Bernie Madoff, uh, Ron Pearl got busted. Not enough of these cats got busted. But then, you know, we watched this stuff, and we accepted around mindlessly texting and on their iPads. It's some more distractions so you don't have to really wake up to the realities of well, what's we happening know the here. We know the culture you of our know? society. We know the culture of our society, and it's, it's about just, just the plain uh, apathy and ignorance of the American people. And you must, you know, like, we, we used to think that if you came from the cities and up in the north, you were so much better off, which is a bunch of BS. The brothers from down south, at least, they had something to get them a sense of spirit to get the hell up out of there or fight against it. And the ones who stayed, stayed. Whether it was the Underground Railroad or, or whatever it was, to go up north, Chicago, Boston, and all that shit, you know. And then up there, what, to get relaxed? No, and then well, Eric Holder and President Obama are the biggest disappointment. These white fools on here, the, and I'm talking about those well, willfully ignorant, hateful, known racists out here talking about, let's see, let the cops not be there. Man, that's a myth. The cops would create the crime if they were to go on strike and refuse to do their damn jobs. And you, you and I both know that, man. When our people checked of our own neighborhood and communities, that was the biggest threat because they couldn't justify their existence. Therefore, they couldn't get any goddamn budgetary, no money to keep them in office. You got all these guns out here, TSA, FBI, CIA, Sheriff's Department, County Police Department, all kind of cops out here. For what? And you need all that, right? Well, no, let them go on strike, man. They should have been fired like the air traffic controllers, man. But anyway, well, like restitution, recreation, it's just like affluenza. If you ain't well, in the uh, reparations. bullshit. Look, look, Arande, reparations ain't happening. It ain't no, it can happen. It can happen in, in, in a way that will basically... Uh, be the reciprocation if we don't get an out-and-out check like the Japanese did, and even that was bullshit, $20,000 to a, per household. Okay. And then how many of them actually got it and, and who actually got the benefit of it? No, I, I see it over here in Hawaii, you know, and a lot of them fought in World War II. The uh, one Puka Puka, the uh, Nisei 442nd 100 uh, combat team that fought in uh, France and in uh, Europe, you know, oh, and right. only, but so many of them people got the 20 grand, bro. Now, and they dilute oh. us with the BS that we got certain rights and certain privileges. And then you look at stuff like Empire, man. You know, I was just well, having to check this out the other night. I, you can't I have all the movies and, and all that. No, no check it, bro. It's, it, it's kind well, of I understand. It is. I know. I, 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 I can't watch it. I can't watch it. I'm sorry. I can't watch it because well, to me, I, I, I had to watch it because um, there's a hottie on there that I like. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't start talking about what's the name? Taraji P. Henson? 
No, Crookie, man. And my wife about ready to kick my ass, but, you know, that's the way life goes sometimes. Well, Rondé, look, look, I, I want to get to this last this last story. All right. Man. And I, I appreciate right, your calls. I really do. I appreciate your calls, and thanks for your call this evening, Rondé. Street thanks very justice much, will prevail. Street justice will prevail. It's coming. All right. Take care, man. Brother Rondé. I got to tell you, I, I don't, I simply, I I can't watch Empire. I got to admit I'm watching something else at the time. Somebody's sticking somebody's teeth out or hit, punching somebody in the face or shooting a ball here or there. That's how I get away from it. Now, I had a choice whether to speak upon the the Department of Justice report. And the Department of Justice report really pisses me off because it exposes the bigoted, racist, police department, the Klan, and it leaves barren. The idea that there are thousands more Fergusons throughout this nation and that black people are being hunted. They're being systematically eliminated. It's worse. It's the new lynching. Police departments throughout this nation have undertaken this ideology. Let's eliminate and let's kill as many as we can. Because very soon the demographics will take over. But I wanted to cover this particular story about the people that are behind this case that threatens to take Care away from eight to ten million Americans, and you can't, you can't count on there to be an uprising because they have shown that they can quell your uprising. They've shown that American people can be persuaded. That in the face of opposition, in the face of government shutdown, in the face of obstruction and sabotage of our economy, to elect the very people responsible for the anti-American, seditionist, treasonous behavior, and elect them to power. So these are the problems that I have with these types of reports. It exposes, it is proof that white supremacy is alive and well in this nation. Let's let the courts strike the Voting Rights Act and limit the amount of people who can vote because they're ignorant. They're not going to go re-register. Let's force the entire nation 
to re-register? And how many points can we shave off of the majority? That's all they're looking for is one to five points. Percentage of the population to shave off the voting rolls. And they're good for another 10 years, 15 years. And if they can keep the gridlock going, the apathy has set in. And democracy, along with Citizens United, along with as many millionaires and billionaires as we can, will step on his neck and hold democracy underwater until it drowns and every breath of life is sucked out of democracy. You can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. You can't hope. Oh, no. You can't hope on one end. I say, oh, no, because uh, my connection has just gone to puts. (laughs) So I am in jeopardy of losing my connection. And hopefully... I can recover and plug this damn phone in, but it always clowns on me. Like this. It always clowns on me like this. But um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a break, and when I come back, I'm going to try to explain to you the people behind the Supreme Court case. and tell you who they are and how far back this madness, King versus Burwell. And I'll try to explain to you how far this madness has gone and how far it will go. Back in a few minutes.
tuned in to Alpha on the Alpha Show at True Quartz Network. Black Boys Collaborative. Heard and experience. Internet-based broadcasting. Live and call-in. What the fuck is the Internet? The Internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. It's above my pay grade. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. This is how we do it. It's Friday night. The Alpha Show. Welcome back, welcome back. There's King versus Burwell. It threatens the Affordable Care Act and health care to 8 to 10 million people. This is how they keep this BS going. This just didn't crop up. This just isn't for plaintiffs. This is a conspiracy. And this is a conspiracy from the right. And this conspiracy has been in place and has been going on for over 30 years. I'm going to repost the article to get an opportunity to check it out if you're in the chat room because this is insidious. And this is how they do it. The Supreme Court has no shortage of potential precedent-shattering cases on its docket this term. You see, the Supreme Court is their answer to lost elections, to not being able to win an, an ideology. Their ideology is what? So if you have the courts packed, and I say packed, and I mean packed. King versus Burwell is the case before the Supreme Court attacking the Affordable Care Act. Under the Affordable Care Act, federal exchanges are entitled to tax subsidies. Much has been said, written, about what could happen if the justices rule no. Millions of people in as many as 37 states, lose their health coverage. You see, they couldn't stop the Affordable Care Act legislatively through the ballot. So the other only alternative is to go to your strip, to your truck car, and that is the courts. 45,000 people a year died because of a lack of health coverage. Yet a few reports have highlighted the role of what is known as the Federalist Society. For more than 30 years, the, federal, the Federalist Society has worked behind the scenes to shape Supreme Court outcomes to a conservative agenda. Now, the Federalists have been working since about 1982. Now, think about that. Since about 1982. 
for more than 30 years, this has been in the works. The long game. What is the Federalist Society? And what did it grow out of? The Federalist Society is a small group of conservative and libertarian law students at Yale and the University of Chicago. Many of the founders had worked on the Reagan presidential campaign. St. Ronnie Reagan. He wasn't just destroying unions. He was setting the table for the destruction of our democracy and the libertarian ideology. And when they arrived in their elite law schools, they noticed a profound mismatch between the ideas that were achieving political ascendancy about limited government and free markets and states' rights and a liberal orthodoxy that was embedded in almost all major legal institutions of the time. Flash forward 30 years, the Federalists has matured into a self-professed society of ideas, and it claims 40 to 60,000 members. 40 to 60,000 members it has grown to. These include every Republican-appointed attorney general and solicitor general since 1980. Dozens of federal judges and four sitting U.S. Supreme Court justices. Anthony Scalia, who was one of the organization's original mentors at the University of Chicago, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, and John Roberts. Now, those four Supreme Court judges are federalists from the Federalist Society. Here's how it operates. They don't show their uh, play out on the front. They're not out in front of anything. And how do they call it that it's easily recognizable? It doesn't bring court cases or lobby or publish position papers or officially endorse political or judicial candidates. Instead, it trains and socializes its members to thousands of events every year. It promotes collaboration. Members are encouraged to draw on the training of the network as they go about their work as judges, policymakers, litigators. In this way, the federal society influence is one step removed from the policy process Yet, the influence is profound. You want to ask the question, the Federalist Federalist Society doesn't even make public its membership roster. Porter, who really reached in and uh, pulled this information out, um, is a college political scientist. Her name is Amanda Hollis-Bertsky. 
and she was basically looking into it. And she said, and I'm going to simply read from this. I use speaker agendas from Federalist Society National Student Conferences and Lawyer Conferences from 1982 to 2012, a span of 30 years, to construct a database of everyone who's ever participated in one of these meetings. 1,190 individuals in all. These are the thought leaders, the Mick Jaggers of the movement. If you are invited to speak at a national conference, it signals true believership. Then I tracked their movements. What Supreme Court cases they were participating in, were they consistently promoting a certain kind of scholarship or sets of beliefs. She goes on to say, I identified the key areas of law that have taken in significant conservative turnover in the past 30 years. And by reviewing transcripts from meetings and conferences, I was able to show how those ideas were gestated within the Federal Society Network for decades before being accepted by the Supreme Court. The organization's statement of principle provides a useful frame. The first part says, we believe the state exists to preserve freedom. Where have you heard that? Freedom, freedom. Two key areas where this principle has played out is in the Second Amendment. There has been a radical reframing of the right to bear arms as a right on par with speech and religion, religious freedom. Hobby Lobby, Citizens United, corporations, our people. A second federalist principle holds that the separation of government powers is central to the Constitution. So you see, they can't win at the top spot. So let's poison. Let's contaminate everything else. Let's contaminate what the Constitution means. Let's bring two truths, your truth and our truth. Let's say ours is fact and yours is a fact. And you're going to say just the opposite. So let's confuse the masses of the American people and usher in such confusion to a point where People come become disdained with the order of things. People become this apathy. The first Obamacare decision in 2012, conservatives greeted that ruling with shock, outrage, disappointment. They lost. The Affordable Care Act was upheld. But in your view, that ruling was actually an important Federalist Society victory. And here's why. For one thing, they won on the Medicaid expansion issue. So the Affordable Care Act said you either open up your Medicaid or you lose it, and the federal government will take it over. That was struck down at the Supreme Court. And that was struck down and said that you couldn't do that because uh, 
it was coercive. It forced people to do policies that infringed on states' rights. The proposed expansion was a ketone of the Affordable Care Act. So the part of the ruling was a huge blow to the health care reform. You see, offer up a health care plan that Republicans support. Get a president who is not willing to fight for what he believes in. He adopts that. And then you tear it apart piece by piece with court challenges when you know the courts are stacked with your people. Be able to destroy his legacy, legislation. Justice Roberts found a way to salvage the Affordable Care Act and the individual mandate. Now, remember one thing. The Affordable Care Act is a huge giveaway of public taxpayer dollars to the health insurance industry. So it was the Republican idea from the beginning, and they want the healthcare industry to profit greatly. But you see, King versus Burwell is a very different type of case. The issue at the center of it reflects the Federalist Society thinking. So once again, we are fighting on their terrain. Whether they win or lose, they win because they have chipped away at what was once the norm, and they have introduced a new norm. And what they are going to do is use the five words and past practice has said you have to take it in context and what was meant by the writing of the legislation, the Federalist Supreme Court judges are saying no. They're not looking at the legislative history. What was Congress's intent when they wrote the words? In this case of Obamacare, the legislative intent is pretty clear. Congress' aim was to provide tax benefits to lower-income Americans to help underwrite the cost of insurance. But since the 1980s, there's been a, quite a revolution, statutory interpretation by the courts. Instead of taking into consideration legislative history and intent, there's been a shift to just look at the plain meaning of the text, ignoring everything else. Because supposedly, like legislative history, are too subjective. Does that sound familiar? Let's argue about voter fraud when there is no voter fraud. And let's speculate about it and legislate against it. That gives us the foundation to rule against it. The Supreme Court majority approach could well be the Affordable Care Act says what it says. Let Congress fix it. But they know full well that Congress won't pass that fix. And that's where we are. That is the danger. That is the danger. And that 
for me, that is exactly what's going to happen. Just like they did the Voting Rights Act, they cut the throats of millions of potential voters and said, oh, let Congress fix it. Well, Congress has renewed the Voting Rights Act year after year after year after year by historic numbers, 98, 95 to 3, but they're not going to do it now because there's a black man. And in the face of all of the obstruction, in the face of the Ferguson Department of Justice findings, in the face of blatant racism at the core, at the core of this nation, they're going to gut the Affordable Care Act. They are the death panels that they so decried. Admit nothing, deny everything, and accuse everyone of what you're guilty of. The Supreme Court will gut the Affordable Care Act and say, oh, we're not doing anything. Let Congress fix it when they know damn well that intransigent Republican-controlled Congress will do no such thing. This is another reason why Harry Reid is one of the biggest betrayers of the Democratic progressive movement. Harry Reid. And if you've seen Republicans whine and cry about, Democrats aren't letting us govern. They are doing exactly what Democrats should have been doing for the last six years, taking it to the American people. Republicans will take it to the American people, and they will put a noose around this president's neck and hang him from it because he's too big of a coward to stand up and fight. They did it to him with the sequestration. They've done it to him ever since he's gotten into the office. The legacy of disrespect, the racial jokes and emails of elected officials, the questioning of not only his citizenship, but his loyalty to the nation. Damn respecting the office of the presidency. They control the media. They control the voice. And therefore, they control everything else. You can't get any more insidious than the long game that has been played on the American public. Just like they're playing that game And it matters not that what we think we know, we don't know a damn thing. What we think is going to happen, once again, we are wrong. Once again, there will not be a viable outcome to any of this. The money will rule. The money will win. The only thing we can do is damage control. That's all we'll be able to come up with because everything else will be a foregone conclusion. They have the money. They have the courts. And we, my friends, are simply locked in 
with the small voices, such as my own, who are constantly waving the flag of the fanatics are coming, the religious Sharia law. Look at the number of just stupid madness that has come about because of one party's behavior, bigoted behavior, to the first black president of this nation, respecting the office as no longer patriotic. The disrespect of this president is the top priority. And then they will, they won't stop. After he's out of office, they will continue to trash his, his legacy. Forbes and other economists call him the best president in 40 years, but it won't pan out that way because they will continue to Jimmy Carter him. Jimmy Carter's been out of office for how long? But yet they continue to demonize and vilify his administration. And they continue to put St. Ronnie Reagan, the traitor to the nation, the man who dealt with terrorist-sponsored Iran, arms for hostages. I want to thank Arande for his call. I want to thank you all for listening. Don't forget our common ground tomorrow evening, 10 o'clock Eastern time, where Janice Graham, host, and her guests will be Dr. James Lance Taylor, past president of the National Conference of Black Political Science. Till next week, people, when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. So is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. 
each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at Truth Works Network. Bring your own rocks. The best of political pushback. Just damn. Okay, take care. Goodbye. That's all now.